Good morning, everyone. Why is that funny? I don't even know why you people laugh at that. <sighs> All right, I think we can just go home. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not done. I'm, I just got started, so I hope y'all ready. I'm fired up. We got at least two hours in this, okay? I'm kidding. We got a new wall back here, so, I, you know. I'm going to put it to use. Let me give you a couple of things. Hey, would you turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5 for me? Thank you. Thank you so much. The one person is excited about God's Word today. All right? Would you open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5 for me? God bless you. We're going to start in about verse 21. So kind of go there. Get yourself ready. Let me share a couple things with you first, okay? We are minutes away, I would say. For some, we're already there uh, from Christmas, okay? It's right around the corner. It's happening. I got to know this. Just a poll very quickly. How many of you have already put up your Christmas lights? I'm curious about lights, okay? Y'all need help? How many of you? have put up a Christmas tree already. Oh, no, you did not. The tree, it's not Thanksgiving yet. Well, our pastor, who I love, love dearly, Pastor Key, we, you know, we spend a lot of time together. We're in meetings together, and a lot of times we go to lunch together. And so it's like, okay, hey, we finished a meeting. Let's go have lunch and continue our meeting of what we're doing here. And so I jump into his car on Monday. Again, it's not Thanksgiving yet. I jump into his car on Monday, and this is what, I'm, what I see. Are you serious? Can you get it going again? Are you serious? Uh, and I go, and that's what I said. I go, oh, are you serious right now? <laughs> he had it cranked. He had it blaring. You know, I'll be home for Christmas. And I think that's where he's at. So, um, you know, I'm glad you're there, Pastor. Uh, but anyway, I want to tell you what's going on. Let me give you an update on this. On December the 5th, because we are getting into Christmas, Christmas and it's going to be great. And I'm super excited for Christmas. But I want to show you this event. We'll talk about it later. I've already talked about it more. But this is happening December the 5th, right up here. We're having Elf Movie Night. That is correct. It's all family. Anybody can show up to this. It, bring your own blanket chair, whatever. We'll have some hot cocoa, things like that. We will be playing some fun elf games. It's for the kids, of course, uh, the stuff, but adults as well, because I love this movie. Uh, uh, so we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, we have a giant screen coming, and it's going to be out there in the field. So I would like to love to see you there, and I'd love for you to invite some friends. Invite some friends to come see Elf that night. We're just going to have a super fun time. Spaghetti and syrup will be served. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. So Ephesians chapter 5. Let me read this. I'm going to read all the way through. Then we're going to break it down. We're starting at verse 21. Read this with me. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Verse 22. Wives, submit to your husband. Uh, I'm sorry. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as you do to the Lord. Let's pray and go to lunch. 
No, I'm kidding. Just joking, babe. All right. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as the church is the head of, I'm sorry, the church Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Verse 24, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing, uh, uh, um, cleaning her by the washing with water through the word, uh, and to present her to himself as a radiant ch uh, church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Verse 29, after all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed, uh, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For the reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking uh, about Christ and the church. However, each one of you should use what uh, must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Verse 6, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, ch chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, for which uh, is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be go well with you and you may enjoy long, long life on earth because your parents will kill you if you don't. I added that. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. So that you may well, uh, well with you and you may enjoy a long life. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear, with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slaves or free. And masters, treat your slaves the same way. Do uh, not threaten them, all right, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no favoritism with them. Amen. Let me pray. Father, unpack this for us today. God, uh, lead us today, guide us today, direct us today in your word, in your scriptures. Father, as we uh, unpack this, God, I pray that you move in the hearts uh, of our families, of our marrieds, of those who work. God, as we unpack this today, uh, lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's unpack this, okay? We're going to unpack the scripture in three different ways here. And we're talking about flipping the script. Now, if we're going to flip the script... This is our, ser our series. It's called Flip the Script. So if we're talking about flipping the script, one of the things that I think that we have to flip our script on is our understanding of this text and understanding of what submission means. Because when we do premarital counseling and we talk about submissions and we get to this part and we get to this kind of section here where it says, wives, submit to your husbands. More than one time I've had seen the wife go, mm-mm. 
Uh, and we have to then break that down. We have to try to understand and put a biblical understanding behind that. Uh, and so you would kind of get to what that means. We have to do go back up to verse 21 where it says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Out of reverence. There's a reverence here. There's a respect here. It's a honor and it's deep respect uh, that is shown a reverence. And how we respect Christ and how we have reverence for him, we have for one another in verse 21. Now, what does that mean for us? Well, we do have to, what we have to do is understand this, that it is not about, uh, um, we do have to understand that it's about order, not about value. Now, you've got to understand this. It's, it's about order, not about value. You're going to hear me say that a lot about value. Okay, God's not saying women are less uh, valuable than men. Put it in military terms, okay? In the military, you have a sergeant that's been there for 10 years. Think about a sergeant who's been there for 10 years. He's a sergeant. Then all of a sudden now a lieutenant comes in, which is now ranked above him, and he's only a lieutenant for the last three months. He's only been a lieutenant for three months, and he's got a guy here who's been a sergeant for 10 years. But bottom line, who do you think the military is going to value more than that? The sergeant, he's been there 10 years. But if the officer now tells the sergeant what to do, what do you think the sergeant's response is? He salutes and executes. Why? He salutes and executes. Here's why, all right? Because uh, if he doesn't follow the chain of command, then everything breaks down. Everything breaks down. Now, we have to look at this in this perspective, you know, has, again, I have to say this more than once, it has nothing to do with value, it has everything to do with order. See, we all have different functions and we have different roles. I wasn't going to go here, but I think we need to go here very quickly. Genesis, let's go to Genesis very quickly here. Genesis chapter 3, we have to look at the fall. I wasn't prepared for this, but I'm just going there, all right? Genesis chapter 3, if you want to turn over there with me, you can. Genesis chapter 3, I want to go there very quickly with the fall because there is an order that happens here. And I think we have to see this in Genesis chapter 3. God said he created the earth, did all that stuff, and then he said, here's man. And then when he brought man, he said he needs a suitable helper, a suitable helper, someone who's going side by side with him, walking with him, helping him, and I'm giving him that suitable uh, helper. In the same way then, he then put man and woman in dominion now over what? The animals. So now they have this dominion, which means they have this, you know, with the animals, they have dominion over those animals. And now we got to then take ourselves to the fall, which is now this tree of knowledge of good and evil that God had put in the middle of the garden. And he gave them one control and one thing only and said this, don't touch that. Don't even eat, don't eat from it. Don't even touch it, he says. Keep that in your mind. Well, what happens now, the roles, the, the, the script is going to get flipped here in a second because what it was, it was they were all had, they had dominion over it, and then this is what happens. All right, stay with me on this one. Eve now is being tempted by the beast. Remember, they had dominion over the beast. Now they flipped that. Eve is now being tempted by the beast, who, the, the, the enemy, the devil, who's in that tree as a snake going, here, come here, try this, take this, do this. Adam is standing right there with them. Now he is being tempted by her. When she turns around and says, here, come on, have some of this, they flipped it again now. And because he now ate it because he wanted to be like God, and they completely put it upside down. Does that make sense? The order was off. And when the order was off, then what happened was it all broke down. And when it broke down, consequences, sin fell into this world. 
sin fell into this place. And you look at this order, uh, if you look at some of the consequences, I'll just say, it says, to the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbirth very severe. You can thank Eve for that. It says, with painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and you ate it, the fruit from the tree about which I commanded you not to do, you must uh, now eat you must not eat from it. You're going to have to work for it now, he said. So there were consequences to this because why? It broke the order down. The order uh, was off. And there's a reason if you think about this in Romans chapter 5, verse 12 of them, I, mean, I think it's 512, it says this, it says, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember it, hold on. It says, sin was brought into the world by one man. It didn't say it was sin was brought into the world by a couple. It said one. So sin was brought into the world by one man here. And so what that tells us is that they were in this. He was in dominion of that. He was the household. He was the order. And it got flipped. And we have to flip our script now and going, okay, what is the order in our household? This is what this text is telling us. Here's a couple things on submission. Submission is surrendering pride. We have to surrender pride for us to be submissive. Mutual submission is putting the needs of others above those of ourselves, not servitude. Submission is at the heart of the gospel. We do have to see that, that Jesus submitted himself for all of us. And submission is one uh, another. Submission to one another is not weakness, it's freedom. I have to say this again. It's not about value, okay? It's about order. And, and I asked my wife to come up here. Vicki, would you come here first? I demand you. Would you come here? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, no, no demand. But I got an illustration that I, I, that I want to talk about very quickly here. Uh, but I'm asking her to come up here and help me with this. And I was only kidding, by the way. Please don't hit me in front of everybody. <laughs> Again. I'm joking. Okay, so grab this. This is a little strap. We have a lot of these at our house. Okay, we have a whole bunch of these. I'll tell you what, while I was talking about the strap, go grab that mic just in case you might want to say something. Because I know you will. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I asked her to. All right, come here. Thank you so much. It'll be on. Okay. Yeah, it's on. Okay, so here's the thing. So in a marriage, and we have a great marriage, I love my wife, she understands my sense of humor, okay, she gets it, and please don't let that go. <laughs> please do not let that go. <laughs> I know you're tempted, <laughs> but <laughs> you understand how bad that would hurt. Okay, so there is, in our marriage, you know, sometimes what we try to do is I try to get her to come to me, right? I try to get her to come to me, and, and what I try to do is, is I'm trying to pull her, and what happens is there's tension in between us when I'm trying to get her to come to me. Hey, love me more. Be more affectionate. I need you to, you know, stop watching the Netflix stories that are ours, that, you know, by yourself. Got a little too personal on that one. All right. <laughs> And it's what we do is we try to pull, we try to pull each other, and then she pulls away from that, and I try to pull her, and eventually what happens? It snapped. Okay, that's all right. There you go. Sorry. It snapped, it snapped. Hello? Check, check. You got to talk loud. Okay. Um, it snapped. Okay. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Hey. 
Yeah, so if there's too much tension, it snaps. I don't know if any of y'all have ever had that happen before when you're working out, but if you use bands when you train and they snap, it does not feel good. It will lash you. Yes. yes. And so in our marriage, and what we're trying to talk about is Jesus is the center of this marriage. Jesus is in the center of our marriage. And if I'm pulling this way and she's pulling that way, we're getting further and further away from, don't you let that snap back on me, don't you do it. We're getting further and further away from right here where Jesus is in the center. And what we have to do and what I have to do as a husband is I'm being, you know, because it says submit to one another, right? And so she's submitting to me, I'm submitting to her. I have to then make my, make my focus now is on her. Not on my needs. I need to be leading her to Christ, not to myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and for me to do that, I have to then turn and face her and go, okay, let's bring that tension in. Yeah. And if Jesus is at the center of our relationship, if we're both focused on Jesus, then the, the submission piece and the loving each other works. It's, I think, probably the two most negative words that our culture hears when they hear anything about Christianity is submission and obedience. Those aren't negative terms. Um, somebody that doesn't understand obedience to the Lord might look at that as a bad word or just a cringe when, when they hear that. Um, and Casey mentioned earlier about when we do our premarital counseling with couples that when we talk about submitting, it just becomes this really like negative thing. And so the, the understanding of that is important. And I think that um, the more he loves me, like Christ loved the church, the more I want to submit to his authority or his reign in our marriage. Uh, and I can recognize when he's not loving the Lord that way because he's not loving me that way. And, and submitting to him doesn't mean that I'm just a doormat and that I mindlessly submit to his authority. It means that if I'm seeking God first and I'm putting um, God's obedience in my life first, then I'm gonna recognize when, his, when submitting to him is not right. I like to think about, um, as a woman, reading about women in the Bible, that's where we understand what, what we should do. And there's many examples of women that were married to men that didn't serve the Lord and their submission and their stories about that. And then women who were married to men who served the Lord and some stories about submission there. Um, and there's a lot, but I think one of them that just helps me understand what submission looks like is Esther. Queen Esther, she's married to the king of Persia and he didn't hate and detest the Lord and God's teachings. He didn't, he accepted it, he believed it, uh, but he was tricked. He was manipulated by an evil man named Haman. And um, because of Haman's manipulation of, of the king of Persia, he wanted to have all the Jews in the area executed on a certain day. Well, Esther, as the wife of this king, just knew that that was not the right decision. She's thinking that's not lining up with God's desire. I know that that's not right. And instead of going along with it and saying, well, I'm supposed to submit, she actually went to him and said, can we not do this? And he responded to that and didn't do that. And there was a really good example of not mindlessly submitting just because he said so, um, but looking at her husband and saying, this doesn't sound like you, this is, where's is this coming from? What's going on? What, what serpent are you listening to? Uh, and that's our, our role as a wife is to be able to not, not challenge but just to ask and question, are you, are you sure about this? Is this what God really wants? And ultimately it comes back to the Lord. So we, we meet back at God, with God at, in the center, right here, real close. You're supposed to come to me. Oh, sorry, yes. Um, we, meet, we meet in the center um, 
and again, the more, the more he loves me like God commands him and he chooses to obey that, the more I want to submit, which God tells me to do. So it's obedience and submission together. Absolutely. See, you're awesome. Thank you so much for helping us explain that. Here you go. Oh, no, I'll drop it. I asked her to do that because it's a whole lot easier for, I mean, I can stand up here and we'll give you the biblical principles, but when it comes from the wife, it, 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 hopefully it kind of helps a little bit understand where this is going. And this is not a negative term thing. I just want you to hear it again. It's not about less value. So hear that in that, okay? So there's two roles here. There's the role of the wife uh, in the marriage, right? Wives ought to submit to their husbands as they submit to the Lord. This is a picture of Christ and the church. Then, then there's the role uh, of the husband. Uh, husbands love their wives like Christ loved the church. And how much did Christ love the church? He gave his life up for the church. He died for the church. He died for us. And for me as a husband, I will die for my wife. And what I mean by dying for my wife, yes, I'll take a bullet, but I'm talking about dying to self. I have to let the pride go. And when she says, get closer, I say, yes, ma'am. You know, because I love her like the church, uh, like Christ loved the church. This passage opens up with the call for wives to submit to their husbands. This is a uh, continuation of what Paul said in verse 21 about loving, uh, uh, submitting to one another. Uh, this all happens when we are filled with the Spirit, as Paul talks about uh, earlier on in verse 18 that we talked about last week. The passage points to a picture of God's perfect plan for marriage and the way God has intended for us to be lived out daily. Both the husband and the wife are called to submit to the authority of Christ and to let her love flow through marriage. Amen? That's what it's supposed to look like. So we have the, the total submission here, submitting uh, to Christ in marriage. And here's the next one, submitting to Christ in family. And we start seeing this in, ver in chapter 6 in verse 1 here, the role of the family, the role of the parents, right? And the role of the children. Now the role of the children is pretty simple. Obey your parents. Do I need to say it again? Where are the parents in here? Okay. Obey your parents. And by obeying your parents, you're, what you're, we're doing here is honoring the father and the mother. We're honoring God by obeying our parents. And I tell people this all the time. Listen, if you can, teenagers, listen to this. Little ones, even listen to this. I say this to teenagers. I even said this to adults. If, if you have trouble obeying God, you're probably never going to obey your parents. And if you can't obey your parents, guess what? You're going to have trouble obeying God. And you're going to go down a path that you're not going to like. You're going to go down a path that's going to be uh, a, a little rough if you can't figure out the obedience of it. Now, there's the roles of the parents too, right? The roles of our parents is do, that we're not to provoke our children to anger, okay? That, that, that we are to bring up our children in discipline and instruction of the Lord. Discipline is an important role. And too many times, and I don't say this to be mean, and I don't say this to be ugly, and I want you to understand this. I say this as a loving person. I tell my kids this all the time, and I try to live this. And I'm, I'm, My kids are not perfect. Don't get me wrong. All right? I gotta feel like I got to choke them out constantly. I love them to death. They don't make their own mistakes. They do their own things. But as parents, I tell my kids this all the time. God did not put me in your life to be your friend. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your parent. 
I love you. And there's discipline that comes along with that. So when I say no, you cannot go there. When I say no, you should not do those things. I'm basing those no's on our biblical belief in our family. I'm basing those no's and those things why I don't want you going down that path, maybe from my own experiences, but I'm basing those on what Jesus Christ wants in our life. Amen? My grandmother, and I've shared this before, I have to share it every time I talk about discipline because my grandmother was my disciplinary, okay? My grandmother was a master with a switch. Who knows about the switches? Who, who anybody knows switches? You understand switches? Okay. For those of you that don't, a switch is a stick that they pull off a bush, okay? They pull it off, and it's about this long, and it goes like this in the wind. It makes noises. And my grandmother, she was actually one of those two, though. I would, you know, I was, my grandmother had to raise me, right? I had a rough growing up, and my grandmother had to live with her several times. I, I lived in her home several times, and she was like 107, you know, and I'm like, I would say things I shouldn't say. I was a jerk when I shouldn't have been. I mean, just I had a lot going on, and I was just not a good kid. So I met the end of a switch multiple times. And my grandmother was one of those two that she was, I mean, she was a master with a switch. She was one of those who would say, go get a switch. You ever had that been told to you? Like, you want me to now go pick what you're going to hit me with. And, of course, I would always be a jerk, and I'd come back with a little stick like this. Here, Grandma. I found myself out in the yard one day. My grandmother was out there, and, and, and I said something. I, I mouthed off. I said something I shouldn't have said. And she says, oh, no, you didn't. And I said, uh, yes, I did. What are you going to do about it? It was like this showdown in the middle of our yard. And I'll never forget this day as this woman who, again, she had to be 120, she reaches in. And she grabs, like, into this bush, and she grabs it. And you know it's bad when I'm a good 30 feet away, and I hear, crack, crack. I went, oh, that's a big one. <laughs> and she pulls it out, and it's still got the leaves on it. And she reaches up with one hand and grabs the leaves and just goes, da, 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 pulled them all off. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Can anybody testify to this? And she held those things out in her hand with the switch in one hand, leaves in this hand, and she's in slow motion. She opens her hands as these leaves began to fall slowly to the ground. And I was like, ain't no way she gonna catch me. And I turned around, and before I can even take a step, this woman had me by the back of the collar, and she was one who would like to talk and hit at the same time. <laughs> you will n n n n. She had a stutter problem, and it seemed to be only when she hit me with a switch. <laughs> you could. <laughs> Get her some water. <laughs> and every time she would get it, I would cry. And she would get to a point where she would put me in a place and say, I'm doing this for you. And I never got that until now in my life. I didn't get it then. I'm doing this for you. But it doesn't feel like it. You know? <laughs> Feels like you're really enjoying this, Grandma. I'm doing this for you. And now that I see that this woman held discipline in my life and made me walk the line and make me do the right thing and help me walk that line has made me who I am today and it has helped me obey the Lord now because I had to learn how to obey her. Amen. 
So hear that. The key to having a family that glorifies God is to submit to Christ's authority over our families. Scripture clearly outlines the way God intended for families to relate to one another. Children are to obey and honor their parents. Parents are to raise their children in instruction of the Lord. And what helps us is when we can see what they're going through, and I'll throw this up quickly and I'm going to close here in a second, is this, this one, that last one here, fathers, do not exasperate your children. He said, I said it again, build them up in training, instruction of the Lord. And then look, sometimes it helps us when we understand the struggles that they have faced, uh, it will help us. I don't know if you have that, but if you throw it up there, the struggle of missing out. This is what the struggle of our teenagers are dealing with right now. We call it at our house, FOMO. Anybody know what that means? Fear of missing out, all right? It's the struggle of missing out, the struggle of losing out. I don't want to lose anything. The, the struggle with lack of trust. And here's what I see way too often and way too much with our teenagers and with young people is the struggle with the lack of hope. And as parents, we got to show them that hope. Last thing, and it, well, I mean not last thing, but the last one on this is submitting to Christ in the workplace. And what we see here is, and we can relate to this the workplace today as the employee, or, and the question is, are we submitting and working diligently, diligently in our vocation as we're working for Christ? That's what we have to hear in this. Those in leadership, we have to ask this question, all right? Are we treating those under our authority the way that Jesus treats others? The role of the employee uh, is obey your employer with a sense of, uh, with a sincere heart. Work as a servant for Christ. Role of the employer, do not threaten uh, employees. Submit yourselves to your heavenly Father. So how then do we do it? How do we take those three things, submitting to our ma- in our marriage, submitting in our families, submitting in our workplace? Let me give you three things and I'm done. One, trust the Lord and submit to him. We gotta trust him. We have to trust the Lord and submit to him. Go all in. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own what? Understandings. You don't have to understand it to trust it. You don't have to understand it to trust it. I know that's hard. It says, in all of your ways, it just says what? Do what? Acknowledge or submit to him. And he will make your path straight. And a lot of times we get off that path because we're not submitting. We get off that path because we're not walking the way we're supposed to. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, submit to him. Number two is this one. If we're going to be able to follow this and walk in this like we're supposed to, then we have to resist the devil. The enemy sat in that tree and he said, psst, let me talk to you for a minute. Don't you want to know what it's like? This is what he said to them. It's what he said to her. It's what Adam heard. He says, don't you want to know what it's like to be like God? And if you take this, if you, if you eat this, if you, if you consume this, then you will know what it's like. And it was a lie by the enemy. And we have to resist the devil. Because listen to this right here. We can't submit to God totally without resisting the devil fully. We have to resist. And temptation is real. And temptation is, is not easy. The Bible even talks about it very much in 1 Peter where it says this. It says the enemy is like a roaring what? A lion. And he is ready to pounce. He's like a roaring lion ready to throw down. He's like a roaring lion that is absolutely ready and looking for someone to devour. 
That's what the enemy is. So we have to resist the devil. So we trust the Lord. We submit to him. We resist the devil. We, we, again, we can't submit totally without resisting fully. And what happens next is we draw near to him. We draw near to him. The Bible in Hebrews 4.16, and I'll close with this, and we'll come up and play real soft when we're done. It says, let us draw near with confidence, it says, to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in times of need. It says, let us draw near with confidence, that we draw near to Jesus with confidence. We draw near to the throne with grace, that he has given us grace, he's given us mercy, that we may receive mercy and may find grace and help in time of need. God gives us procedures to draw near to him. One is his word, the Bible. He's given us his word. He has given us the almighty, the breathing, alive word for us to draw close to him. He has given us worship to draw close to him. He's given us songs that we can sing and that we can praise and we can thank him in. His word, worship. Some of the best times of worship I've ever had in my life has not been in an event or at church, and I do get to worship at church and all that, but it's sometimes it's just putting on that song that you know that just moves in you, and you drive down the road and crank it up in your car. Anybody else do this? I will crank this in my car, and people who drive next to me think I'm crazy. I will just throw my hands up, Jesus, take the wheel. No, I'm kidding. No, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. His word, through his worship, through his discipleship. We offer life groups here for you to draw near to him. We have life groups of people. If you've noticed several times in the last two weeks that we've had baptisms, and I'm just thinking about them, who are we seeing up there? A community of people saying, man, we're in this with you. We're growing in this with you. We're drawing near to you, to God with you in this. It's why we push our life groups. If you don't have a life group, I can't say it enough. Please get in one. Come find me. I'll find the right one for you. Be in a life group. Be with community. Through his word, through worship, through discipleship, our life groups, and through prayer. We draw close to him through prayer. And the result of us drawing near to God, he's going to draw near to us. Amen? He's going to draw near to us. I'm going to leave this today. I want us to pray. And it was a lot to unpack in 30 minutes. So how I want to leave this is this question here today. Are you submitting to the Lord? Are you fully submitting to Him? Maybe some of you in this room, you've not submitted and gone all in and accepted the Lord as your life. Maybe some of you are in here and you can, tell, you can relate to Justin's story where he said he felt empty because that's what happens when you don't know the Lord is that you feel empty because you don't have the Holy Spirit so there's an emptiness there. And what happens, we're created to need him so much. We have this emptiness that we sit in and we walk in and we live in and we wake up every morning in and we have this emptiness that sits inside of us. So what we try to do is we try to fill it with things like relationships and money and, and, and maybe uh, drugs and alcohol. And we keep trying to fill that emptiness over and over and over. And guess what? It runs dry because it's not the Spirit. 
Maybe that's what you need in here today. Maybe you just need Jesus to rescue you today. Maybe you just need Jesus to, to take the will for real and get him into your heart and your life and accept him into your, into your, into your heart. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've accepted Jesus and you just need to submit to his obedience of him saying it's time to get baptized. Please come find me on that. Find me and tell me, hey, listen, I'm ready. I'm ready to go all in on that. I know the Lord, but I haven't gone through with believer's baptism. And it's an ordinance of the church and it's obedience of Jesus. And he says, come and do it. Maybe that's it today. And find me on that if you need that. So if you need salvation, come find me. If you need baptism, come find me. But here's how I'm going to close this. I'm going to pray. And I want to encourage some men in this room to maybe get your wife by the hand and come pray for your marriage. Come down and let's just spend some time in the Lord and praying for your marriage, for your family. Maybe some of you are about to get married. Come down, pray. I don't know. I just feel God lead me in that, and I want to encourage you to do that. It's a step out. I'm not saying if you have marriage problems, I'm not any of that. I'm just saying if you just need prayer in your marriage, let's take it to God because we all need that. And babe, I'd like for you to come down with me. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. God, we thank you. We thank you that we can open your word and be honest and open today. And God, I thank you for moving in this place. God, I thank you for just showing us life change earlier with Justin. And God, I pray, I thank you for showing us what we need to do to submit into our relationships, in our marriages, in our families with our children, at our workplace. That God, that we can flip the script and live for you. So Jesus, have your way today. I pray as we come to this altar and just pray that you will move in us. We love you. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can stand and you can come and pray this morning.